Hello and welcome to the Daily Lawyer podcast. My name is Jana Krishnan. I'm your host and also the founder of the Daily Lawyer. And today is yet another episode in our Daily Story series where we feature non-lawyers, business owners, freelancers, creative entrepreneurs uh, to come on our podcast and speak about their journey with documentation, their experiences with the law and so much more. And today I have someone whom I find hilariously articulate. Every time I've spoken to her, I've just come back laughing and laughing and I keep thinking about things that she said and laugh some more when she's not there. I'm speaking about Sanjana Chauhan. Sanjana, welcome to the Daily Lawyer podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Honored. Thank you so much. Thank you. We also shared, we are also from the same university, although we went to different schools in that university. I went to the Columbia Law School. Sanjana went to the Columbia School of Journalism. So uh, we also share that in common. But... There's so much more to Sanjana than just this and I'm going to read her bio in just a bit. Sanjana is an experienced news anchor and a broadcast journalist. Uh, she's worked with the publishing industry and the content space. She's skilled in journalism, television, AP style book, Final Cut Pro, social media. Uh, she, like I said, has a master's of science in broadcast journalism from Columbia University, the Graduate School of Journalism. She is uh, a communications coach. She's a mother and uh, she's really one of the most hilarious, like I said, the, one of the most hilariously articulate people I met. And I want to know, I haven't done enough justice to what you do, Sanjana. So I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself. What is it that you do uh, and just take us through your journey so far? Thank you so much and thank you for those very, very kind words. I just wanted to say that we also share the, the trauma of uh, motherhood. <laughs> That's for a different podcast. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, I think I, I donned many hats and I've been um, a broadcast journalist for about 10 years of my professional career. And in the middle, I also dabbled a little with writing erotic fiction. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, so I want to read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You but have tell to. me one thing. What is a broadcast journalist for people who don't know? And there are many like me possibly who don't know. So, um, there, there is a difference, right? There are people who um, go out and report and, um, uh, you know, they, they file stories and they write it in newspapers or then they would write it on a digital format, a digital news format. Uh, I have worked predominantly in the television news industry. So, I've worked with started my career with Times Now, uh, very contentious, I know. Uh, started my career with Times Now and my last stint was at uh, a channel called Mirror Now, which is like the sister channel on the Times Network. And I used to anchor the show at 10 o'clock called The Last Word. Um, so, oh, wow. Yeah, so I was a news anchor and um, a, a big part of my show was taking on issues that really matter and giving it like a spin that has to do with gender or culture. So thankfully, my editor was not really particular that I do, you know, run-of-the-mill political stories or current affairs. And he was like, you play to your strength. And my strength is 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 culture. It is um, talking about gender, uh, talking about public health. So <clears throat> that kind of helped me hone my beat. That's what you call in journalism. It's when you develop like a, a specialization or an expertise in one particular subject. So you have crime reporters and you will have environment. Now, climate change is something that a lot of journalists are doing. So, my beat is, is gender and culture. And that kind of led me to also now working in policy analysis and research with a focus on communications in the public health space. So, I do a lot of work in the space of tuberculosis, uh, cervical cancer elimination, 
um hpv neglected tropical diseases uh hey. but Ooh. Uh what I also do on weekends um is is uh I'm a communications coach I have been doing this for a little over 3 years this started um it was born out of the lockdown where I felt a lot of people had fabulous great communication and public speaking skills in an offline space and suddenly when zoom came on they just froze and they became like you know mice and always scared and didn't really know and and the the distance between your thought and what actually comes out of your mouth were just so so different so i actually designed a module where i would help people navigate the online world and now that things are slowly moving back offline um i've also kind of you know i'm also coaching a lot of people one on one on just communicating with confidence and i think the not the usp the uh the standout for my coaching and training is that you don't really need to be versed you know well versed in english you don't have to put on this accent you don't have to uh have this personality where you appear very flamboyant and confident it's really about mm. just finding that confidence that's within you and uh you know just honing that I think that's very very required. I I know that I, as an extrovert I I keep talking but I think there's a lot of difference between speaking and and communicating. And sometimes I think that I I I speak and I don't communicate. So I think that's very very important. Um I have so many tangential questions uh, from what you just said especially about your work in the public health space and you know in the cervical cancer space because I am seeing a lot of a lot of media coverage around cervical cancer and and the uh, vaccinations that have come for that and so on but i think i i'll leave that uh, for a little while later but immediately i want to speak more about your communication background you as a communications coach what would you say because you know you spoke about this online offline space you designed a module you're teaching people you're coaching clients what would you say are some of the pain points that you have seen or your pain points as a communications professional in this sort of in this business avatar of yours so i think um the the biggest uh, not the not i would not call it i mean but we yeah, it is a pain point it is it is um, a challenge of course is that you know there is of course this desire to to scale it and make it something that is um far bigger but you know i think we also have this unpaid job <laughs> the unpaid thankless yes. job i i love it yes go on we do yeah. which takes up more time than our regular jobs with small humans as yes. as bosses uh who just give us like yeah no appreciation yeah. i'm kidding i know uh, madhur is a gift but uh, i think you know that that has that has uh really kind of um shifted the way i think in in perspective and and the way i prioritize things uh but i would say the biggest pain point from uh, the side of people approaching me and you know why they would take this communications class is that um more often than not our problems are all the same but i think everybody imagines that their problems are just limited to them but actually public speaking and just speaking up and communicating with confidence is a fear that 90% of the population has and um 
they don't admit it or then they just imagine that they are the ones that have it so they're just going to keep quiet um and because of that you tend to procrastinate and because of that you don't really prepare you think that i'm just going to go and wing it bolne mein kya jata hai main ja ke aise bol dungi and i think that is the biggest issue or my biggest peeve when i see a lot of people uh, who are in say positions of of giving lectures or webinars or like you know different um, platforms like this yeah that there is no prep there is no structure there is yeah. no uh, thinking of you know how you're going to pull your audience in yeah. to come after that so i think that is the biggest pain point where people kind of underplay and they underestimate the skill and more often than not it's called a soft skill but i don't think that there is anything more harder significant and crucial than communications because it can really like it can help you scale your business it can help you win clients it can help you like navigate life of course don't ask my partner this question because he'll be like hey you don't know how to do this huh? but uh, it, it can just help you like come out of good arguments it can help you really build relationships so I I think my biggest thing is that I don't I don't agree with this fact that people call it a soft skill. It's not a soft skill. It's a very hard yeah. skill. Yeah. And, and it's it's uh, extremely underrated, you know. It's very for each one of us. I mean, I'm a lawyer, so it's obvious that we need that skill. But yeah. uh, I was in a, a webinar and they were training directors, you know, they're training people to become directors on boards. And I thought I'm going to like I was asleep in the first 10 minutes. and it's a really important webinar you know it's it's relevant to me it's relevant for my uh, profession and i really thought i'm going to sleep i don't know there were 648 people when the webinar started it was only for an hour by the time it was 30 minutes in there were like half the people in the room yeah yeah and each one of us ha- has a reason to be there so it's yeah. not uh, it's not like we are talking about leadership or something which is a bit more amorphous yeah So uh I I understand when you say that you know you underestimate the level of preparation the lack of structure the way you communicate especially in an online world because you are literally isolated in one room this only the walls are listening to you so um yeah it, it's something I didn't think of when you spoke like this but um, but you know uh the I wanted people like you and other business owners and professionals on the podcast because i want to really uh, have conversations about you know things like documentation things like having terms uh, I, and i i really want to have real conversations on what are the problems that you had um, for example we have i have clients who are maybe run a music school for example and then they are giving online classes uh, somebody doesn't show up and then you have you paid for 12 turns then they are somebody is not well somebody is traveling whatever i cannot take the class and then 3 months later they want to complete the, that many turns you know so then these small small issues that actually have a impact on your cash flow so these are sort of situations that i wanted to speak about and then maybe what are the ways that you have managed to to overcome that or have you faced any situation where somebody has not liked what you have not liked your services not liked your coaching and gone on instagram or google review and said you're horrible you know things like that um i want to say that fortunately in the communication space i've not had um you know those kind of issues but i will talk about um just in the content space as as a journalist as a freelance journalist there are so many issues um 
with documentation and just safeguarding people who are in the freelance economy or like you know the, the gig the yeah gig, the gig gig worker the gig, the gig worker right so um i feel like um, you know the the most important aspect and i i struggled with this the longest time because i think as 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 indian women we are not given the necessary skills or the training or the upbringing and being very very honest and i kind of don't fault my parents of course but i, I always tell my dad and my mom like why didn't you teach us how to negotiate how to ask for yeah. our money because yeah. i think my mom would always be like don't talk about money it's it's a little bit tacky but now she will like ask for your rights and like don't uh, undersell yourself and i'm like this was missing at, a, yes. at the impressionable age and now yes. at the age of 35 i'm like uh yeah. let me draft and see yeah. like this i think it's so important a lot of unlearning right yeah absolutely yeah. and i think that you know we need special classes for yeah. women women business or women <laughs> entrepreneurs when it comes to money when it comes to understanding money when it comes to like figuring out what yeah. i would say um you know the most important learning for me was to understand what can be the terms um you know as a freelancer mm-hmm. or as a coach um and i need to and i i haven't yet honestly i don't have that documentation done so maybe you can give me yes we should talk <laughs> offline let's do it <laughs> yeah the tables have turned yes but um, i think it's very important because um you know you need that kind of safeguarding yeah especially if you're working with corporates or agencies because you know they have a, a very strange policy where they'll be like hey you know you've submitted an invoice now we pay you like 30 days later yeah. or the next cycle on the 20th of the next month like 45 days after you've given yeah so and, and it is it's it's really painful because yeah. um you know you have a house to run you have children to you know take care of so it, it becomes really hard so i think you know it's very very important to have like your terms down yeah have somebody agreeable to those terms um because more often than not i think we're not taken seriously yeah. as as consultants as coaches yeah. freelancers because we're not from a big entity or an agency yeah. it's just imagine ki chalo individual hai vendor hai you know we'll pay as and when yeah i think that is that is really a, a problem or a learning that i have actually faced was to just keep my terms down another thing is that i've i used to never never work on an advance mm. now i think in hindsight um, it is crucial it's imperative uh, my partner as well is is an entrepreneur a very successful one he started a business during covid and and he claims that he grew it because of shark tank and just watching shark <laughs> tank but i think you know one of the things that he's also told me is that you know you have to work on some kind of advance it, it just more than anything else it's not about holding anybody at ransom but it just formalizes the entire process yeah and it it um, there's no ambiguity so i think that is something that um, i definitely need the support on but it's been my biggest takeaway um and i also feel like you know invoicing and other aspects like that i really wish that there was you know this masterclass that was helping people or like you know your podcast which which i like now consume voraciously every time you know okay. or something about like three tips and five tips and i'm like okay theek hai you know let me know it's but i think it is so crucial and i feel especially you know i want to add this gender lens to it that yeah men need that yeah you need to be taught that you need to have that sense 
so i would say that has been my my struggle really where i have not understood and then of course at the start i was just like doing a lot of free stuff and i'm like what what's wrong with me like i'm just like why am i yeah. not looking at myself as that worthy yeah. and then that's a horrible example but then i saw coffee with karan and i saw karina kapoor and she said i don't work for free yeah. <laughs> you know yes. i don't want to work for free yeah. so you know because when i was starting my communications training i was like i was telling friends hey let me do a free class for you and i'm like later i said i have 30 years of experience in this space yeah why am i offering a free class maybe yeah. i could have discount but i don't know about it yeah not yeah. not free wow. but uh, you know what you said about us specifically indian women um maybe the way we've all been brought up i i don't know so much about men i don't want to make this a gender related issue but i can only speak about a women because i am a woman myself um we and you know this thing that you spoke about offering things free i feel like you are speaking my language or you just like putting in words what i experienced the last one and a half years that i started on my own you know we are so eager to help we are like oh yeah we want i don't think we realize that there is a, not just a commercial aspect but also an image related aspect you know where that comes with it and for the specifically to your point on women like us um indian women you know in colombia i mean because we are from the same university uh, there was this nego- in in the llm program you had an option to take a negotiations class which was a three credit course so a lot of work to do and um, we had to you know we were paired up and all that like how it happens but the uh, assessments were with it was a course that we taking with the business school so the assessments was with the business school as in you know you're the lawyer and then that person is the ceo and then you and then you are against the other side so so it it, it there were two or three uh, assessments like that in one i was paired with a brazilian uh, guy and you know what uh the way we were discussing and the way we were strategizing was so different from the other one which i was paired with an indian girl who was also uh in the business school like she was the ceo and i and she was the sub, the ceo of a media company and i was the lawyer for that media company our approach was so different and we were so um, uh, you know the feedback that we got after our assessment was that we just left a lot of things on the table because we didn't ask we were so afraid to ask we were so afraid to we were afraid to say no and it was so cultural uh, and and they said also that it's cultural we see this among so many and uh, that was the first time i realized that i didn't even know that you know we have something like this so if uh, i know the, i know this is going on at a little bit of a tangent from what we are speaking but i think it's so important that people who listen uh boys girls it doesn't matter but certainly girls uh, certainly women like us we really need to start understanding that there is a lot of subconscious conditioning that we are operating from and uh, it's time that we start unlearning don't wait till we you are as old as us and uh, wanting to unlearn so anyway i loved i loved that little segue outside but um I mean, you you have sort of alluded to this when you said that you know there is no, uh, there's no sort of structure and documentation uh, for freelance, freelance uh, journalists and things like that. But what about in your days as a media professional, you know, in uh, sort of the broadcast network, have you faced or have you seen anyone face any kind of um, 
financial or reputational loss and then you know what did they do with it like just some sort of examples that probably taught you some valuable lessons as to how not to be it's it's not so much in the sense of um, like a financial loss like in a legal okay but yeah legal also but i'm not really sure it answers your question but i'm just going to say it anyway because i think in this space of like working in the broadcast network or as a journalist um there are enough controversies and scandals and things that will happen yeah. that will impact yeah. your reputation in some way yeah uh when the movie padmavat had released um the karmi sena had gone around torturing buses okay with young children in there and uh, i was anchoring a morning show and um, my editor at the time decided to put the karmi sena chief on the channel and ask questions and i i did that and um, and he on air called me baby and uh, i i just let him have it there's no other word for it i let him have it because it went on to become like a meme and all kinds of things but did it impact my standing professionally yes it did not in a negative way but also in a negative way where a lot of people felt that maybe my response should have been a little more measured um or that i was just another shouty news anchor or that i had taken it too far um so i feel like there is always that 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 thing that and then of course it, it went into like a legal thing right where i got a call from bncw in delhi and he was arrested because it is against the law by the way gentlemen you cannot go around calling women sweetie and baby and i'm sure jena will attest to that but it it, it took that kind of turn um and then after that shortly after that um when the me too scandal was was you know when it broke when the news broke and there was i don't want to call it a scandal i'm sorry but when a lot of women came forward with their stories i spoke about the time that chetan bhagat was very very um creepy there is no other word um with me on like over whatsapp and i shared those screenshots wow because i got together with a lot of other women who had similar experience with him we released a statement and again it took a kind of legal turn where at that point of time i was working with a network and the legal team got involved and they said that look you know we can help you like file an fir if you want and like or like make this but we can't but they also explained their limitations which i was of course very respectful and cognizant of and i have that also because i'm i'm privileged right i am privileged and i i do recognize that and i'm also not not entirely aware but i'm aware of my rights having worked in the journalism yes of course yeah, yeah so, so but it did take a legal turn but i feel like in hindsight there is and and there was of course again a reputational thing over there where there was enough and more people um, you know and this is the this is the problem with social media right everybody then decides to become this armchair not armchair like this mouse trigger happy a uh, person where they you know castigate you or like yeah. trial by social media and 
um groups of women came out and supported me groups of women came out and said that it's not sexual harassment that i'm making a big deal out of it Nothing. i was asking for it all kinds of things you know like and uh, I, i felt like that too made me realize that what if i had done things differently hmm what if i had right after that maybe gone to a lawyer maybe gone to the cops and s- understood the legal recourse for doing something like this for speaking up yeah Perhaps then my speaking up would have had a little more substance yeah. a little more because i think chetan bhagat in his rebuttal also said that he kind of dared me like okay you know why don't you go to the cops you don't have a case you can't because you don't have a case and in my mind i was like buddy i do have a case but again the the legal and the sitting in the police station is just another like reiteration of what you have gone through yeah which is anyway happening on a daily basis but i just feel like things like a a zero fir things like you know understanding what your rights are what the legal implications yeah. are and even the posh mechanism i don't know which year was this this was uh this was in 2018 yeah yeah so you know this posh mechanism because we are speaking about sexual harassment especially in a workplace setup um and for those who don't know posh is prevention of sexual harassment in a workplace that mechanism was instituted for something like this because sanjana you are one of the many 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 stories i unfortunately heard when it comes to this particular uh subject uh and uh, in your case it took it was against a very public person and it took a very public turn because you yourself was uh, were in a sort of a public uh, position but uh, having said that I, i totally understand i can i can relate rather when you say that you know there were pe- there were men and women who came out against you some but some were uh, you know they supported you uh specifically to posh i think if anyone's here and they're listening uh, it's it's compulsory to have a posh mechanism if you are all freelancers like like say sanjana you are a freelancer and if it happens to you then you can just go to the district collector's office near wherever you are and they will have a posh mechanism so i i also think it's very brave of you to take a public stand i, I don't know I, i mean having uh spent so many years doing this work I can tell you that uh, it's very hard. It's really hard. Even even you know even minor things like filing an FIR. So I mean, give you another example. I was out for a run that day at like six in the morning, and these guys in an SUV thought it would be very hilarious to like just like almost swerve into me, and then like and um, you know cat call and all of that and and. Uh, at that point of time of course i froze but then when i got when i like walked back home i immediately called you know the helpline the nirbhaya helpline and then they of course told me that like you know you, you're away from this spot so we can't really help you but they were like why didn't you why didn't you take a picture at that point of time and i'm like you need to consider these things and of course it was not in a yeah. not in a way to to i will give them this so the bombay police is fab okay yeah. it's in the way of like pinpointing or saying wahan pe kyu the not it yeah. was not that narrative but i feel like that that sensitization also needs to be there where at that point of time think about if you are alone on a road you running 
and you're like in the zone and then like this SUV like yeah yeah of course where do you have like yeah. the you know the yeah you don't have the time to react and then you're like the the sharpness to be yeah. like hey okay yeah. let me take, take the phone and I'm going to end you it doesn't work like that man. yeah like, it it takes time so yeah. i feel like and then after that i called the police station my local police station and nobody answered for like and then i was like man i hate to do this but here i am on twitter and then i got a call in 10 minutes and then then of course they really followed up and they it, but you know this is what i mean i feel like there are many women in my position who would have not done it merely because it is it's exhausting yeah then you have to go to a police station and do this you have to do that and like or then you don't know the process so like yeah. hey, does this even count for anything yeah because people will be like are chhodo na ghar jao kya ho gaya ha you then, are okay na you are fine na gateway for yeah. more bad behavior yeah and yeah. in as a parent that's what i'm like we will end the gateway here right yes you are also setting an example to those people yes to those men that look this is not okay because yeah. they they swerved into you tomorrow they will take it one step further right yeah so we I, i mean i i look at it because yeah get away with so much yeah so i feel like there is you know maybe we need to be a little more like on our end also and on the on the on the legal and the yeah the, the not the authorities end as well authorities end as well there needs to be a little more we need to be aware of what our rights are they need to be aware of like more sensitive what our experiences yeah are. yeah yeah sure. i think the uh, from what you say and this has also been my experience that uh, it is the dying need of today yeah to increase legal awareness amongst each one of us i mean you are very aware sanjana compared to i don't know 90% of the people around you i don't know whether to be honest i go for a run myself in the mornings i i have not faced any situation like this but also i was listening to you and wondering would i have done that i would probably not have done that like me personally not because i don't know how to do it and i don't have the people that i can call with with god's grace because of the profession that i'm in but would i have really thought okay you know what this is not okay i'm not yeah so i think that's a great example that you're setting and tomorrow if it becomes serial behavior right yeah exactly all of, all of the men implicated in in me too <clears throat> i'm not saying that that one women's experience is not valid that's not what i'm saying but i'm saying consider that they have done it to scores of women yeah so many women because like one of so them was so pure and i can understand why they not spoken up also yeah look at all of them like you just yeah. silent to shut down people bring 26 lawyers <laughs> yeah 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 and like you know so i think yeah it, just some of us need to be like we're there for you Yeah, you up and these are your rights. Yeah, and I think social media also has democratized things to a large extent yeah. because each of us can become a newspaper unto ourselves because of social media, and therefore we can post. Yeah. People are a bit more scared. Uh, but tell me one thing about social media, uh, which is something I struggle with as a lawyer for my clients, specifically freelancers and Gen Z. No disrespect for Gen Z, but I struggle to understand you. Um this thing about taking to social media to disparage is something I find very irritating. Uh I am perfectly okay like in your case you took to Twitter because you tried, you know. I am finding that a lot of people just take to Instagram 
to disparage an, a product or a service or you know even their own parents uh what is your you know i'm probably asking you more from your view as a, a professional in this in this field and also just uh, somebody who's part of my generation and you know how how do you sort of coach people younger to say that use it for what it is don't abuse it the thing is unfortunately there are no guardrails or guidelines to say that this is what it is everybody is making it what they they yeah. do it right and uh, the thing is i i can't even um, i'm not even in a position to be like hey you should be doing this because i have also been there where i have used it to you know like to vent to talk about like uh brands supposed body positivity or lack thereof um and so many other like you know issues so i feel like but i definitely feel in the legal space and in the space of you wa- wanting to vent when there are ramifications or consequences that is something i think that you probably get that sense when you're a little older but i do think that you know maybe i always feel like and i say this even in my communications course that uh, it is the two second rule so before you're about to respond and you're getting really overwhelmed just take a deep breath and just like you know count count a couple of seconds whether it's two whether it's 10 but just think about you know what your response is actually going to be and more importantly the ramifications that it's going to have the legal consequences that it could have because while i say that social media has no guardrails or whatever there are also actions that you can take right and i don't think that people understand this so on 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 my podcast actually a couple of weeks ago there was a cyber psychologist who came um you know she came on and she spoke about um this woman a client of hers who was being harassed on social media um by somebody that they had supposedly met on a dating app and that person was posing as a woman oh dear uh, yeah and 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 you know this and and this lady was i mean she she was by curious so at that point of time she had matched with a woman who thought she thought it was a woman and then that person came and started threatening her with like nude photographs which had obviously been like it was a deep fake like so and it became all of that and and this girl just didn't give up she just went at it and then she discovered that it was actually a very young like 18 19 year old boy who lived in her building oh my god and i just feel like this is the gen z i'm really sorry like they don't understand that there are some serious consequences for what they think is harmless behavior so again yeah. this is not okay you cannot yeah. in and it like you know get yeah. into like this extortion racket literally it is that an extortion racket um and just imagine that you're going to get a word there will be consequences so i think that is it's important to understand that there will be consequences for this kind of behavior because you can't you can't imagine that you're going to get away because then you're yeah. going to encounter a woman like me of like this girl and who is going to but i feel like um, even the the supposed guardrails or what's okay on social media or what's not needs to be defined um i think a lot of times we we dismiss like people as being trolls especially on twitter 
I cannot even begin to tell you the horrible things that I have been called, um, the the stuff that's in my DMs, uh, in Instagram. I, I mean, I've been called horrible things on television also. So I'm like water off a duck's back. Oh man! But the thing is, like, I just feel that um, you know, you need, you cannot just get away with like just sitting behind a screen and just saying whatever you want. Yeah. And even if you do have an opinion, and I learned this, of course, at a much later stage, there is a way to articulate it. Yeah. And don't run um, brands down, yeah. Like, please, yeah. just go and like DM them. And if they're not DMing, and if they're yeah. not coming back, and they're not doing this, then you can talk. Yeah. Them. Use that as almost your last or you know penultimate resort. Yeah. yeah. But don't take to public disparagement uh, immediately because yeah. it's easy. Today it's easy. It's like tag them and yeah, people are taking social media seriously, yeah. right? Like everybody's reading reviews. They matter. Small like uh, comments or like small reshares or likes go a long way. So yeah. if you understand the power of it, it's also like this, like Spider Man movie. With great power comes uh, great responsibility, right? So there's that that sense of responsibility has to be there. You can't yeah. like. Just go crazy, and this I can say with a lot of learning because I've been somebody who's very vocal and very outspoken, and now I'm just like, is it worth it? Yeah, worth you know doing that. What are you going to get, or like, yeah. are you going to be informing? Are you going to be helping yeah. in any kind of way, or you're just going to sound like horrible? Yeah, I see. I I was going to ask you, what do you think are some of the mistakes that people make from more of a Legal documentation angle. Yeah, again, I feel like just like what I the mistake I made during the the whole Chetan Bhagat thing was to not like take it legal, and then I took like a social media route, and like of course the national TV kind of I went like via the media. I, that is while I am very supportive of um, of women who want to come out and speak up, like. Uh, against say men or somebody that's been harassing them or uh, say somebody where a brand has not made payments we've heard of that so much you know or like yeah uh, all the time uh, every day designers not making payments yeah. like horrible work conditions i'm i'm all for that but i would also say it is important to educate yourself on what the legal documentation um, like strengthen your case what is your ammo Do you have evidence? Do you have proof? Do you have the paperwork in place? Are you are you making the complaint with the relevant authority? Because the problem is then your your argument appears. And I'm saying this, you understand this as a lawyer. I understand this as a journalist. That when you say when you say something, it's important to back it up with yes. Add a citation. Add a footnote. Yes. Add a reference. Right. Yes. Like when you're making this claim, there has to be that. That reference has to yes. come in, like the numbers, the evidence, the proof. So when you do like that, the proof, yeah. yeah, when you do that, it's just um, it just makes your argument so much stronger. And I feel like you rightly said it should be the last recourse. Social media should be the last thing where you're like, I have done this, I have done that, I have not gotten any help. So now I'm tweeting at this person. Please, can you help me? So that then I feel it makes sense. But if you're just like coming and that's going to be your first step, that's the biggest mistake. Like yeah. don't, when something happens, don't just immediately take to to social media because then after a while, I'm telling you how I, I started to feel. Like I'm like, chalo, it, it now appears like I'm falling wolf. Yeah. 
because i'm i'm not like dragging my ass to the cop station or i'm not calling a lawyer and being like hey what am i up to with this that is very important and use this use social media to find those resources i do understand it is expensive it can be so go on social media and be like hey what is the free legal help yeah the lawyers that will help me do this at like a discount or or for free or free of charge because it is important so i think using that is great like understanding your rights like that way or like say maybe tomorrow like setting up a one on one with you yeah so i think using social media to get those resources is fabulous but again um i think you need to understand what your rights are and like what what is the legal recourse and everything before you then hmm. tell your story you know publish. i love this answer i absolutely love it because and i and, and i love this answer me because it comes from not just your knowledge but lived experience in your case so now because we spoke so much about legal awareness increasing not just legal awareness but general levels of awareness sensitivity etc uh, across the spectrum in our country what would you say is some product or some service that you want to see in the world today or in the next 5 years that you think will go a long way into making all of our lives easier from this perspective i would like to see uh, a framework or a guideline that is set in place for mothers re-entering the workforce yeah. uh, definitely and i would like to see a lot more conversation or again like easy to understand documentation for unmarried parents like myself i have uh when my son was born i my partner and i are not married uh we've been in a relationship for a little over 9 years um my son um of course is born out of wedlock is a love child uh but i feel like i don't i had to really seek out what his rights are right? yeah i had to talk to a bunch of lawyers i had to look at a lot of um paperwork myself and try and make sense of it like oh there was one um, judgment in in so and so time where it was ruled that illegitimate children will also have the same rights as yeah. children but then we, then suddenly you see a report in the newspaper where it will be like this particular high court ruled ke you know uh this 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 child does not have rights or this particular high court rule that um the mother is not the natural guardian or the father cannot be the sole guardian so there is so much um ambiguity ambiguity that that i think is is a little bit disconcerting right for for me especially or like and there are so many other women like me and the thing is it's all there i went to file my son's passport there is a form even for children who are born out of ivf so it is all there the paperwork is there but the but still when i went to the actual passport officer i was asked husband kidhar hai mother in law kidhar hai and i'm like shaadi nahi hua like this is this is my partner's like passport like this is his consent acha unmarried matlab and i feel like you look buddy you have the form you have everything in place you don't have to like ask me these questions you know and and like also this thing of like taking out taking like a two month old like yeah i know the passport office i would really like to see just easy to understand um 
policy guidelines frameworks and again i think mothers entering the workforce um the things that you can and cannot ask for you know uh, and actually you have 6 months of maternity leave can you take 6 months together can you split it up can you take 5 months and then do that you know do the one month can you uh, take 3 months and then 3 months because i i feel like while 6 months is great we are only saying it's great because we compare it to the rest of the world right yeah. but i know as a fact that today as as 18 months postpartum and i still call it postpartum because i still think like i'm i'm still recovering from it there is so much that i i need like on the work front right yeah when it comes to flexibility when it comes yeah. to um just that reassurance that my career is safe yeah yeah um and that this is a safe space and that i can uh, be vulnerable even in a professional situation yeah. because what i'm going through at home is is a lot yeah uh, you know this is that my company has to uh, or our companies have to give us a room to pump yeah give us to us time off yeah. women don't know that they don't yeah. know what their rights are they don't yeah. know um do you know that in in a government job that you can actually take up to 2 years off for child yeah. right so i i'm wondering what if there was something like this even in the private sector. private sector yeah so these things really matter support for vaccinations support for single mothers these things make a huge yeah. difference um having creches i cannot even stress please companies start daycares in your office you will see more women coming into the workforce you will see more women participating this thing of like moving back from work from home and encouraging people to come back to office is like the biggest mistake because women will fall out of the work yeah you can't do that it is yeah. physically impossible i am lucky today i am working with my company for the last 3 years from home so and it is it definitely has its cons but the biggest reason why i decided to have my child was because of that yeah so i am at home because i have like i'm privileged enough to afford that child yeah. but there are droves of women who cannot they cannot of course yeah that that's something that i would really like to see one two three and the third thing of course is just like ease of doing business in india yeah. whether it is uh, you know uh, having people like you like when i saw your your business card slash flyer i was like wow this is yeah, so, thank so you so cogent right it's like hey do you are you this 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 and you're like thank yeah. you oh my god yeah. yeah so i think it's important to like for people this is where communication comes in right to answer like, what problem you're solving and be able to communicate that effectively so i think this is yeah. what i want to see yeah in terms of women coming back to business and working from home and crash and things like that i also think that uh, uh, from a maybe from a business level or product level or coming you know setting up guidelines and all of that is 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 there and we all have to work towards it but i think each one of us like you me each one of us can help uh, like i am giving my example now you are working from home with a company i'm sure if you have a junior who you know she's talks to you and she tells you oh I, i'm not sure whether i can i want to have a child you'll be like no i did it don't worry i'm going to make sure that you can work from home and you know and it happened with me i also think that we only look at women you know as in women supporting women but i think uh, men have a huge role to play here as well because in my case my uh, ex boss uh, who 
is truly one of, among the best bosses on earth uh, his wife uh, was an investment banker she's he's not here. he's malay uh and he is in malaysia and his wife is an investment banker so she had like these really long hours and um, he was working from home slash not working from home whatever because they had very young children at the time when i joined this was 12, 11 years ago when i joined this company which i'm not part of anymore but still and uh, i he had come down i was living in worli and our office was in jogeshwari and he had come down once uh, for one of our uh, matters i was expecting at the time and he said are you traveling all the way from worli to jogeshwari every day like in that jvlr flyover he i said yeah he said are you mad like you know there is there wasn't anyone more senior to me in that in that particular office he said just work from home na you you can take care of and he's like i am working from home because he had a two year old son at the time his daughter was older but his son was like this really rambakshis kid so uh, he was at home because his wife can't be at home and he was he used to tell me oh jana i'm sorry you know from 3 or x time to x time i'm not available i have to go pick up my kids from school i have to draw and 11 years ago it seemed very different i know it seemed like who does this especially like guys it culturally it was very different i was working from home everyone thought nobody knew about working from home at the time um but what he did for me uh and what the other men of that organization they are all mostly westerners there was a time when my younger my younger daughter was born and she was 4 months old and there was this really big issue that had happened in the india office and i was supposed to present to the global board which had uh, all our ceos from seven seven of our biggest uh, geographies so it was something i was very nervous for and also because i felt personally responsible for what happened my younger one was very young and my elder one also was under 2 and i had planned everything but that morning my maid didn't come my mom who comes to was coming to help me got stuck somewhere uh i gave the ipad to my elder one and then i somehow managed to feed my younger one and put her to sleep i said everything is great i was holding my younger one on my lap so she doesn't wake up and i start and it starts and this one wakes up screaming like screaming and screaming and screaming and i am i am i don't know what to do i'm literally i'm almost crying but i can't cry and there are all these men sitting around a conference table and staring at me from the computer and i'm like because i didn't know that it's going to be a video thing and this one is crying and we had so much problem figuring our time because they are coming from seven different you know so many different time zones and our, the chairman of our company told me jana uh i think your daughter needs you gentlemen can we give jana 30 minutes jana take care of your daughter first relax and uh, you know text us after 30 minutes if you're okay if your daughter's okay we'll reconvene i put that off and i started crying because nobody has done that to me and like it was it seems like such a small thing but was such a big thing i had time to put her to you know put her back then come back after 30 minutes to sort of sort myself a little bit and then it's like are you okay jana other is your daughter okay okay now let's start that's it and i don't think we realize the importance of this like yeah, we speak a lot about women but i think men can play because they are a lot simpler you know they have simpler solutions to uh problems i am work i am working uh, my husband's working from home he's the one doing a lot more heavy lifting for my children in the last one year than i have and i i like this balance so i think that is also an important part of the conversation 
that we should go you know we should sensitize men as well that they are important yeah totally i i i definitely agree with that and i also feel like because i think there is also um, maybe that understanding of emotionally um the burden yeah because it's not just the physical work that yeah. that needs that kind of balance but it's also the emotion emotional burden that i think is borne a lot more by the by women. us yeah yeah so but i also i just have to say there that i feel like although men can, they can do it and and they should do it because their careers are a lot more safer than than ours because i feel yeah. there is there is a tendency and, and the numbers and the research will also show it that um you know you are more likely to hire men than you are say women who are married and hence could and be, certainly who are pregnant yeah who have the potential of, yeah. of getting pregnant and like um, yeah not taking this job seriously yeah so uh, so i think that is that is because of that also that men should help out a lot more yeah uh, at home yeah Okay, we've uh, we have overshot the time. I think we I I can speak to you all the time. I mean, not all the time, but I can speak to you for a long time, Sanjana, because there's so much synergy in the way we think and maybe also our life experiences. But uh, I think I have to move to the last part of the podcast, which I do for myself because I love the answers. It's okay. called five, four, three, two, one. I okay. ask you like five or something, four or something, three or something like that, and these are like short answers. Okay. Uh, okay. So five productivity tips. You can even include apps or journals or planners, whatever you want to say. Okay. Uh, five productivity tips is uh, don't look at your phone first thing in the morning. Uh, if you have an option, please put your phone on airplane mode the night before. I I would do that when my son slept in the same room. I don't have that option now because he's now banished to his own room, so I have to keep my phone on. uh two is please hydrate and have good nutrition especially if you are um uh, a lactating mother a lactating uh, person and you are course in the workforce and also as a journalist i feel like if you have a field job you have to eat a good breakfast or a meal or whatever it is you have to hydrate yourself please take your health seriously i feel like people don't do that it is important to do that you have to do it um and also it will help you think when you like feed your brain um this is underrated but the power of writing down things is um i know a lot of people use notes app but i still love to write things down uh, I, it too. always helps um even now after like calls um i of course take consent and i record calls listen to it write down all of the notes again because it really helps and it doesn't matter like what level of work you are at whether you are like a junior or like you're on like this executive level you should still be writing and taking notes um <clears throat> exercise when you exercise there's endorphins um you're more uh, you're sharper your instincts are better um and also you tend to sleep better so you will always be productive um when you have when you take care of these things and last i feel is the circadian rhythm you need that sunlight in the morning so go out and get it i force my son and myself out every morning to stand in the sunlight because but please use sunscreen you have to use it um stand out in the sun that will also help you set your sleep cycle for later um and like try and get in 8 hours of sleep if you can get more over the weekend why not uh but if you are a parent i also understand 
Uh, but yeah, I think these things are our yeah. plan. Yeah. I, I want. I you know they sound so simple, but they are so. Yeah. It really like the building blocks of a good life. Yeah. No, they sound so simple. Okay, four books that you would recommend anyone to read. Okay. Um, one is Desperately Seeking Shah Rukh Khan by Shreyana Bhattacharya. She is a World Bank economist, and although the title is a bit little, little bit misleading, the book is definitely about uh, every woman's Indian obsession, uh, every Indian woman's obsession with Shah Rukh Khan and Bollywood. But it also tells uh, a very grim, but very real picture of Indian women's participation in the labor force and why it's dwindling. Have to read it. It is it is data heavy, but it's revelatory, eye opening. So. Please definitely read. She's brilliant. Two, uh, the newlyweds by Mansi Choksi. Not saying this because she's my best friend, but um, without a bias, she took six years to report. She individually reported the story. It tracks the life of um, different couples across India, uh, spanning different socio-economic backgrounds and their love stories, and how the Indian legal system and Socio-economic and cultural factors have played a, a role in the relationship, and of course, there is cup panchayats, there is a caste angle, there is, um, you know, two uh, women who are first cousins but also lovers. So I just think it's it really paints a very true picture of the India that we live in, and this is not from an urban elite perspective. But from um, the rural and like the heartlands and the grassroots of India, that's two. Uh, three, I would say, um, a book that I just read. It's called uh, "I'm a Fan." It's by Sheena Patel. Uh, first up, this narrative is absolutely brilliant. It's not written like any other book I've read before. It's a lot like diary entries, um, and you. It's told from a brown woman's perspective who is in an unequal relationship with obviously a white man, and it's just about her navigating, you know, uh, a very messed up dating life with social media stalking thrown in. And I just think it's so relevant for so many um, single people out there who are like. in you know turbulent dating relationships or turbulent relationships with themselves and hence with other people and then how the kind of like digital cyber obsession adds another layer of complexity to to those things so i think it's important for all of us um number 4 i would say uh one of the uh one of like my one of the books that i have like really really liked recently is called yellow face uh i'm i'm not i'm not sure i forget the the author becca or something like that I yes think. yes brilliant yeah. book uh um like that dramatic at the end and all of that but um, definitely worth reading because again a lot to do with like white supremacy and uh, asian american um, you know cultural context in in with that as a backdrop uh, and again very now because it talks about a lot about like twitter and social media and i just think it's really crucial um, for us to read it um and i think the last book i'm trying to think of right now uh, that everybody should definitely read 
Mm. Oh yeah, I'm I'm reading it currently, and I just think <laughs> there are so many books that are being made into Netflix series that people don't even know that they are like originally books. For example, Queen's Gambit. You should definitely read the book first. But um, I'm reading Devotion of Suspect X, which is brilliant. Jane Jaan is the Netflix movie, which I thought was horrible. But okay. um, Devotion of Suspect X is act- actually the Japanese novel from from uh, which this has been adapted. Yeah, 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 and it's yeah. it's really really good. So it's like of course this crime grisly like murder story. So. uh and and the max problems actually like make sense in the book as opposed to the movie where it's just like he's just repeating random things acha uh yeah i don't so, watch movies or tv so i'm i'm struggling to get the connection the context oh, okay. the context but but i am a big reader so i will i haven't read any of these except yellow face i haven't read it it's yeah. on my list yeah. but i haven't you know gotten around to reading the book yeah okay three tips that you would give young students or young graduates One is have clear financial goals and don't be afraid to set those goals. Um I recently attended a a masterclass where that person said what are your goals and people said one crore 100 crore and she was like that's your fault. You have set a financial goal. You should not have a number in mind. I could not disagree more. Set clear goals. Please have goals in life because when you when you aim for 1 cr or 2 cr it's not ridiculous because you you then you're like okay i am going to reach that number and you'll find a way to you know to do it and i don't i don't think that there is anything wrong with setting that and i i would i didn't do that unfortunately in my life i was just like let me just go with the flow and everything but now i have a very clear number that this is how much i want to make in a month so by hook or crook i'm like i have to make it i have to like um you know work a little bit harder or pull these many posts you know so i feel like that is that is definitely uh, crucial to just have those clear goals two is um please read the newspaper uh please i'm not saying watch the news but consume the news um not social media uh make that effort to read feature stories I don't have a problem with short form journalism that we are seeing on social media. It's a good way to help a lot of people who don't consume the news be in the know. But there are things, there are nuances, there are layers that you will only get from reading and that you'll absolutely miss those details otherwise. The same sex uh marriage judgment. Everybody thought that it was going to be ruled in favor of that right until and 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 nobody understood right till the very end till like the lawyers didn't come out and give the press conference that the court had not really i mean had not really ruled in favor of it and they had just said this is now in the states for you right we were like oh wow it's so um, progressive which it was i mean they spoke about surrogacy and adoption and all of those things but the crux of the matter the actual the bone of contention was not really addressed right there was like a real miss miss on that and i think that is something that it will come only from reading it will come only from understanding and now you have like so many tools at your back you know back and call where you're yeah. like hey explain this concept to me yeah yeah of course my financial planner recently sent me a little information a blueprint about an equity fund that i wanted to invest in and i didn't really understand the terms 
I put it on chat GPT and I was like simplify this for me and I'm starting to use AI to like explain like these very complex which I view as complex concepts to me so I'm like okay okay this makes sense you know uh the third thing that i would like to say is that if you are a, if you want to be an entrepreneur you want to be a business owner you want to start something of your own even if it is like in the coaching freelance consultancy space understand uh, and my friend sara sham had actually said this and I, i could not agree more understand the business side of things as people with a lot of creativity and skill we often think that that is not our role but that is a big part of your role it is to understand the business side of things and i wish i had known that earlier i event i would st- i looked at my career at the start a lot as like an ethical like journalism like oh my god i'm just going to tell stories that matter theek hai tum kar sakte ho ye sab you can train people to become their best selves like you know by communicating confidently but what is your business plan how are you going to scale it Yeah. What is the product? Who is your target audience? It does not take away from the creativity, the the principles, yes. the vision, and the mission of your your purpose or your product. But what it does is that it makes it marketable. Yeah. You don't define that. If you don't define the business of your service, you are doing yourself a big disservice. Yes. True, it is. True. You have to know what is your product. What are you selling? and who are you selling it to the minute you do that it will just simplify everything so much more you'll suddenly be like ah okay i need to reach out to x y z yeah okay. yeah so i think that that we don't really give that importance we're like i'm a creative person theek hai bhaiya you are a creative person but how are you going to make money yeah how are you going to grow your business so these things we need to i think yeah i think the last one i am also learning the hard way but <clears throat> i saw sara's the um, real yeah. or something that she had made so I, i i can relate to what you said okay two uh, life lessons that you have learned so far in life okay so the very recent one that i learned was uh was to articulate myself in a, a kinder more tactful way i think because of the profession that i have been in um uh in in journalism and because the people in my life around me have made me feel very safe to express myself so i'm a i'm a straight shooter so i can come off as being very unkind i can come off as being dismissive uh and as somebody that is like does not and and as somebody that is uh, very fundamentalistic where i do not really allow another person's views uh or i do not allow them to have that kind of expression or like judgment right and i think uh, i don't know what the shift was but ever since i've had my son and uh, and the thing is also in my communications coaching i'm not that person i'm a very different person than i am and i i like that person i'm more comfortable being that person because at that in that space i really understand what my clients are going through and i understand how they can express themselves better or how i can express themselves express myself better so i think that has been a, a recent life lesson where i have learned the art of i would not say tact but the art of articulating myself in a kinder way and also to 
make space to listen more and welcome more um, expressions and opinions. Of course, this is not. Um, I don't make room still for genocide, sexual harassment, and and other such topics where I'm like I don't want a debate. So for those things, I just like I tune off. I'm like I'm not going to be part of this discussion. I'm not going to like. Honor it in any way, and it's and it's not done in an aggressive fashion anymore, like an angry way. I'm just like this is not. I'm going to switch off. We're not going to talk yeah. about this. Yeah, that's that's definitely that that's number one. Uh, and two is that uh, you know. So I used to be like a full power type A person before I had my son, where I would like wake up at five a.m. and go to the gym. and then go and you know work and then do stuff on the weekends and pack my day and i didn't i just viewed that as like my entire self worth was like my productivity but then i had my son and uh, everything went out of the window there are some days where i'm lucky if i'm able to get a workout in um and i i feel like that 100% doesn't need to look like 100% every day some days it can look like a 20% but still be that 100% that you give if it makes sense like it's it's not yeah give 100% of that 20 yeah it looks it just yeah. be prepared that it will yeah. look different every yeah. and like be okay with it don't don't make that a measure of your self worth yeah. your character your like who you are as a person and also everybody's day is so different it looks yeah. so so different so i i don't think that you know um I, we are in a position to be like wake up at 5 am do the then no you decide yeah what works for you school college what works for you yeah true i can re- i can resonate with both yeah especially the second maybe because we've yeah. been there and that i think comes with little bit of lived experience yeah so we have to go through it and then figure muddle our way through uh all your late nights and tears and frustrations and screaming and then you know we, we get to a point of peace and finally what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received oh god this is so underrated and you're going to be like what the hell is going on but uh my boss my immediate boss and she doesn't realize this but she gives me the best parenting tips like that she has given me like they're so good So she told me this, and you're gonna be like Sanjana, what the hell? But she said, when you're doing one thing, just do that one thing. I think as parents, and especially when you are working from home, you think, "Are kya hai? Main diaper change karungi, and I'll take this meeting while having this meeting. I'll eat my lunch, and then I'll also check some emails." No. Uh, and my friend, my best friend Mansi also says, "He said, you know, every minute that you spend away from your child has to be worth it, has to count." So now when I sit at my desk I'm like I have 1 hour even if it's 1 hour I have 1 hour to look at this document I have 2 hours to build this kick ass module for my next client how am I going to do it and in that 2 hours I don't do anything else I close all of the other tabs I keep my phone away it's just my notebook and my pen it's just my like my computer and I'm just sitting and So I think that has just you know made such a big difference. It's increased my productivity, and I could not be um, more thankful for that because it's just helped me slot my time, and it's also helped me be a little less hard on myself. 
I've stopped packing my day and I'm like I will just look at doing this one thing and I'm going to do it really really well. So, yeah. That is fabulous advice. I am yeah. I don't think it is underrated at all. I know I am uh guilty of doing many things and then messing it up or like I'm doing something I'm like hey, wait when did this happen? You know, so yeah. I am adopting that now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I always thought, you know, be do, doing multitasking was a measure of being more productive. I can do so many things. I can yeah. wear so many different hats. I can answer the doorbell. I can, you know, with my ear pods, and then I can yeah. pull my daughter's. Uh, you That's know, only check in the movies. Yeah, it's only the movies where like somebody with chiseled abs and like great glutes is like listening to their AirPods, and they open the door, and they say the groceries, and then they'll yeah. be like, "Oh, closing this deal." This yeah. Like yeah, it doesn't work like that. So I feel like you can wear many hats, but, but when you one at a time. Hat, that one yeah. hat should just be yeah, one at a time and and you know even even when it comes to parenting then i just decide these 3 hours with mirai are those 3 hours with yeah mirai. nobody and i i will not take any calls or anything yeah i think my children teach us that i am still learning but I, i my daughter told me this something like this a uh, couple of days ago and i've been reflecting on that i thought i after i we finish this podcast i want to sit and chat with her about this because children just say like these deepest things so uh, and mirai is still 18 months i'm presuming he's now yeah. you know talking and little bit yoga right yeah. yoga mama goga so cute <laughs> cute time with children are amazing how much ever we you know we this uh, being low mother sometimes i think children are amazing they are they are they are, they are the best part about parenting that it is the other stuff that yeah. comes in the way of parenting i know that is the thing yeah and it's it's not even that it's just uh, you know i feel more often than not of course again this is a very privileged perspective that i have is that we also tend to make it very much larger than what it is yeah yeah and sometimes i just feel ke if it is getting too much just take the damn day off take yeah it off. take it off just be with your be yeah. with your child uh yeah. and don't don't feel guilty yeah yeah it's more like me telling myself that <laughs> yeah no and i think as uh, as the ecosystem as an economic ecosystem we have to allow for such things you yeah. know if if yeah. my junior or, or anyone my colleague my senior yeah. needs that time off maybe we should just allow for it yeah. i don't think we allow for it each one of us we don't really allow for it i think this conversation has been so much more than what i thought sanjana honestly like we've uh, it's so much deeper than what i thought we and it's much deeper than what our usual conversations are because it's a bit it's a, from a different different perspective yeah and i think it's come at the perfect time because i've had uh, people writing to me on linkedin asking me to speak about handling a career uh, in the law which is a demanding career and uh, having kids because most people didn't know that i i have two kids uh, until i put up some linkedin post about having two kids or something like that and i think i want to write back to that girl uh, who wrote to me and say that once we release this episode like there's lots of things two working mothers in really demanding professions have come together and while yes we spoke about our respective fields but this is something we must speak more about and like sort of band together in a sisterhood of support yeah yeah so, i was actually just thinking about it today as like you know maybe in in a in like 5 or 6 years because obviously i i literally have no locus and i have this kind of time to be offering that but 
we should actually devise like a consultancy for mothers who are re-entering. Yeah, like I, I think I think the time is right right now. Yeah, I don't think you don't have locus. Of course, you have locus because you are a mother and you are in the workforce and you know all of that. And you are also, uh, you have this sort of unique position of being uh, an unwed mother. You know, so you yeah. are in a yeah, you are relatable to a lot of different people. You know, people are, who are probably scared or they want to take that step, but they're scared of taking that step. You know, yeah. uh, I think they should. They can. They should. Please they can. Do it. Please yeah. do it. Don't let. Um, an institution define um, love number one uh, because I, I was just discussing this last night with my partner because somebody was asking us how come these guys just didn't decide to get married or like how come you because at one point I was like we should get married but I just I just stopped because I just felt like is that commitment going to change we were already together for what five years is that love going to change in fact I feel like it was going to be more restrictive in a way because of this binding authority that comes in and man inclusion of of families and which is not a bad thing i mean it's it's still there but i feel like we are so much more in charge of our relationship this way that um that we don't really the, the law can't kind of mess with it yeah Yeah. yeah. Uh, but having said that, it's also crucial. I feel for there. I'm sure there are women in my position who also understand what your rights are. Yeah. And what, uh, especially when it comes to custody of your children, when it comes to your ch- child's inheritance, what yeah. your rights are. And most important is, um, I think I I need to do that. I will be doing that soon with my son. Is to talk to, because while children are amazing, they can also be very cruel. Yeah, and, uh, he's about to hear some nonsense in school. Yeah. Uh, so it's you know it's it's always better to just yeah. like talk to them and be honest with them. Yeah. That they yeah. know what what is coming their yeah. way. Yeah. What they're going to have to deal with. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sanjana. How do people reach out to you? I, we'll put your links in the in okay. the description. But how do people reach out to you? And the best way to reach out to me is to email me uh, my gmail address is sanjana s a n j a n a dot chauhan c h o w h a n at gmail and please dm me on instagram i in more like all likelihood will definitely look at that my instagram is just open by default so my handle is sanuchao s a n u c h o w Okay, lovely. It was wonderful, wonderful chatting with you. Thank you so much. Thank you so Thank much for giving me your time. Thank you so much, Anna.